the college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. All right, already welcome back to the college baseball experience. Good morning, college baseball fans. It is 7 a.m. on the dot, and I'm your host, Noah Beanick, aka 77NB. And trust me, 7 a.m., it's the latest I've ever started this episode, but also it's it's early. Um, I have to come clean. I did crash during the late, late slate of yesterday's college baseball games. Um, so, yeah, woke up on the couch at about 2.30 feeling a little bit more energized than normal. Um, but we have – how many How many games do we have? One – I think we've got seven games here on the slate for Monday. All of them, elimination games, regional finals. Um, by the way, yesterday we did a live show handicapping the regional final games for the night. Um, amazing, amazing live viewing that we had. Uh, upwards of – 45 viewers throughout the show uh, was really, really cool to see. Um, and it reflects well on the show, the following that we've built, and the bosses really, really like to see that. And our guests yesterday from the NCAA Insiders, Grissom and Q, they did really well. I did really well on that episode. We each gave out three plays each, all of us going two and one. And each of us gave out one different variation of a parlay. wasn't on purpose. We just liked the uh, one leg a little bit, bit better than the others. Um, but we each had Wake and Florida. Uh, I mean, Wake and Tennessee in that parlay. Both of them, it wasn't even a contest. Um, I mixed in South Carolina. They won. Uh, Q mixed in Florida. His team, they won. And uh, Grissom went with I think it was South Carolina, Tennessee for himself. So, uh, yeah, great show all the way around. We gave out a couple of winners. Hopefully you guys tailed us on that. Um, and thank you again to those guys for jumping on. We'll we'll have them again on an official podcast later on, I'm thinking. Uh, just like last year when we filtered in a lot of guests from the community uh, during the College World Series, just because it's the same teams during the – uh, 10 day span and some of my opinions can I can understand to get a little bit repetitive on the listeners so I like to bring in a uh, new voice or two every once in a while uh, we did it last year and I plan to do it this year and those guys are on the short list for it um, they did great so I want to mention that prior to get, jumping into today's games these pitching matchups, projected pitchers that I have, I have not created a document yet for it because uh, I basically have a short amount of time to do this podcast before I have to give my Ethernet cord to my parents, actually, when they start their work day. Um, but the other thing is is uh, these pitching matchups that I have projected, take them with a grain of salt because I am not an insider for any of these teams um, however, I did listen to all of the post-game press conferences from last night that were available to the public. Uh, just as I was looking through these games, trying to figure out 
who would pitch possibly. And everybody's asking, trying to figure out. No coach actually wants to tell uh, just because sometimes they don't even know. Um, and that's the tough part is trying to predict something that a coach doesn't even know what he's going to do. Um, but yeah, so I listened to that, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but again, just, I would wait to, for the official pitching matchups today. I have one bet to give you guys at the end of the pod, or you'll find out when I'm going through the games, which one I like the most. Um, but for most of these, I would just wait on the pitching matchup and then bet it. Uh, but these are just good early looks for you uh, to kind of get a good base off of. Shout out to Lane Elliott, first one in the chat. He goes, yes, sir, getting ready for work, but live with you on the phone. Cash, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina parlay last night. Shout out to Lane uh, for jumping in the live. Great play all the way around. Um, none of those were really even sweaty. <laughs> so uh, before we jump into the games today, let me again hit uh, the ad for Edge Boost because they support SGPN so much right now, and they're the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to 2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet that you like, or even use to create an awesome middle or hedge. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? I didn't think so. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years old or older to use this. And if you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now let's run through these pitching matchups. Uh, again, I didn't put him on a dock yet. Um, that's the goal because people have loved that. Um, however, it's much quicker for me to write these out. So I have them all in my notebook here today uh, to start. The first game is at noon between Texas Tech and Florida. The Red Raiders are plus 180 on the money line, plus 2.5, minus 130. Florida is minus 220. Uh, minus two and a half is plus 100 and the over under is set at 13. Um, this is where I'm going for most of these games today. I'm walking you through the entire pitching situation for the Texas tech red Raiders here on Friday, Mason Molina, their ace and the best pitcher in this regional through 91 pitches. Then Brandon Beckel through 31, Josh Saunders, 11 on Saturday, Kyle Robinson with 81 Ryan free 37 Ethan Coombs, 18, Derek Bridges, 12, Beckel, 8. Sunday, Zane Petty through 61, Jose Lopez, 20, Brandon Lysick, 34, Damian Bravo, 32. Being that Tech has only played three games so far this weekend, they have two guys who have started many games this season left in their arsenal still. It's either going to be sophomore Trendon Parrish or sophomore Brendan Gurton. I lean towards Parrish here because he started a more recent game, but both guys have been really bad lately and will probably have a quick hook. Uh, Parrish is 3-2 and two with a 6 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 35 walks in 57 innings with a 281 opponent's batting average. He had a 1086 ERA in his three starts in May. 
Um, and if you were wondering uh, it, or just curious about Girton, he he appeared in May twice, and he had a 10-47 ERA. So those are their two last options left, and neither one of them have pitched well lately. Uh, I mentioned that Tim Tadlock would probably have a quick hook. The only pitchers that I'm pretty sure he won't use today is Lysak and Bravo. Their top reliever, Beckel, will go. Uh, I think he's going to be probably their top option out of the bullpen today. He has a 190 ERA along with Ryan Free and the possibility of Molina after 91 pitches on Friday, two days of rest. They would use him in the leverage situation late in the game if they have to. Um, for the Gators, Friday, Jack Caglione threw 95 pitches, Ryan Slater 15, Brandon Neely 10. On Saturday, Brandon Sprout 99, Phil Abner 27, Slater 15. Sunday, Hurston Waldrop threw 101, uh, Nick Ficarota 48, Cade Fisher 93, Brandon Neely 38. The announcers were talking about the possibility of Neely uh being a starter here, but I think the relief appearance on Sunday night uh, takes that out of consideration for me as the starting pitcher here today. I project that Tyler Nesbitt will make his fourth start of the season for the Gators. The sophomore righty is 1-0 with a 2.95 ERA, 17 strikeouts, 8 walks in 21.1 innings. Opponents are hitting 259 against him. He appeared in one relief appearance on May 27th. Gave up zero runs and two innings against Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't think we see Cags here on the mound, even though he pitched on Friday and he's the most rested of their top three starters, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Along with Abner uh, and Slater, for sure in relief. Neely is a question mark for me uh, in this one because uh, he has thrown like 60 pitches over the weekend so far. Um, but I really like Florida in this matchup. The Gators are a really nice parlay piece if you find another leg for it um, because literally a freshman in Cade Fisher just shut down this Texas Tech offense yesterday. I didn't see much life from the Red Raiders. Um, and being that they are in a much worse pitching situation than the Gators, I like Florida here. Uh, Two o'clock. PM is our next game, and it's the first game between Oregon State and LSU. The Beavers are plus 165, plus 2.5, minus 125, and LSU is minus 205, minus 2.5 is minus 105. Um, I didn't write down the total, so I'll grab that real quick, what it's at right now. The pitching situation or for Oregon State. Friday, Trent Sellers threw 119 pitches. Um Braden Bozvert threw six, Victor Quinn 15, and on Sunday, A.J. Lattery threw 57, Nelson Keljo threw 15, A.J. Hutchinson 11, Ben Ferrer 54, Ryan Brown 23, Ian Lawson 48, Aiden Jimenez 63, then Brown again for 20. So obviously, it's all hands on deck for Oregon State here. The total is at 15 and a half, by the way. Um all hands on deck for Oregon State as they're facing elimination, but I'm concerned about some of their best leverage guys in Fair and Brown, who threw 40-plus pitches yesterday. It's not a good situation for them at all. For the entire day, I'm ruling out Sellers, but that's about it. Lattery, Jimenez, Ferrer, uh, and Brown all could appear, but it would be on short rest, and 
I just don't know how good they'll be. Uh, I project that Rhett Larson will make his sixth start of the year. He's 3-1 and one with a 5.57 ERA, 25 strikeouts, 12 walks in 32.1 innings, and his opponents are hitting 3.33 against him. Larson has a 10.84 ERA in his last four appearances. Uh, and for the Tigers pitching situation, they surprisingly are in a little bit of a jam. Uh, after only playing two games so far this weekend. Uh, on Friday, Paul Skeens threw 124 pitches. That was a complete game. On Saturday, Ty Floyd threw 71. Then there was a rain delay, and they came back with their third starter in Thatcher Hurd with 99 pitches, and Gavin Guidry relieved him with 12. Now, the whole thing about this was you have two really good starting pitchers in Ty Floyd and Paul Skeens. And then Thatcher Hurd had been coming along lately over the last two, three weeks. After that, they really have some big question marks in this pitching staff. And now they don't have any of their top three guys for the remaining two games. So huge, huge question marks here. Uh, and I think that they'll probably turn to Riley Cooper, who's been their most steady hand in that bullpen lately. He has the second most appearances on the team, and he's made two starts so far this year. He's three and three with a 5.36 ERA, 48 strikeouts, 14 walks in 45.1 innings. His opponents are hitting 2.89 against him. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a huge question mark throughout the entire game here for me. Uh, with Oregon State not having much pitching left in general, and LSU just no reliable pitching. Um, so that total at 15 and a half is enticing, although it's really fucking high. Um, I lean towards LSU just getting out of this regional. They're in a much better position right now. They have many arms. Just how many will actually throw well is the question. But in, in general, you'd rather have more arms than less arms. Oregon State, I'm not sure what they have right now. Um, the next game is at three o'clock PM. Arkansas is minus one seventy-five on the money line, even though they just got their doors blown off yesterday. And TCU's blown them out in both games that they've faced each other so far this season. But anyways, Hogs minus one seventy-five, minus one and a half is minus one twenty-five, and TCU's plus one forty, plus one and a half, minus one hundred five. Total set at fourteen here. Arkansas's pitching situation, uh, Friday, Hunter Holland started. He threw 49 pitches. Will McIntyre relieved through 81. Cody Adcock, 50. Um, on Saturday, Hagen Smith threw 42. Zach Morris, 25. Austin Ledbetter, 87. Ben Bybee, 27. Then Brady Tiger started that third game, 99 pitches. McIntyre came in relief for 57 in Holland, through Holland through seven pitches. So I'm ruling out McIntyre, Tiger, and Ledbetter for Monday, but everybody else from this talented pitching staff is in play. DDH said that uh, he won't start Holland or Hagen in his press conference uh, last night, and I think the Hogs will start Cody Adcock. But DDH was quoted as, not good when talking about his pitching situation here, which is never good when your coach is saying that kind of thing. Uh, and he's been around the block a time or two. So 
I don't know if he's saying that to get this pitching staff going and try to find somebody to step up for him because they're going to be turning to a couple of guys that haven't thrown much this season uh, based on them already using some of their more experienced arms. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Adcock gets the start. He's 4-2 on the year with a 5.68 ERA, 44 strikeouts, 24 walks in 50.2 innings. He had a 9 ERA in May. Uh, not good. And then TCU, they've only played two week, uh, two games so far this weekend. Uh, Friday, Cole Klecker threw 70 pitches. Luke Savage, 55. Cohen Fieser, 11. Sam Stoutenborough threw 96 on Saturday. Hunter Hodges threw 15. Mason Speaker, 32. I'm only crossing off Stoutenborough here. Klecker could appear in the second game on Monday if he needs to. Uh, TCU, they have three starters fully available for Monday here with Cam Brown. Luis Rodriguez was hurt during the Big 12 Conference Tournament, but they said it would only be a short-term injury, so he might be back here and could start uh, one of these two games. And then also they have Ryan Vanderhey. Uh, I give Brown the nod as my projection. He's 3-2 and two with a 525 ERA, 55 strikeouts, 33 walks in 48 innings, uh, with a 208 batting average against. Uh, and a 2.81 ERA in his last three appearances. There's a ton of value on the Frogs right now, and I'm super confident that they'll get one of these games on Monday as their pitching staff is just in a much, much better position than Arkansas's right now. So at plus 140, you can still get TCU. I think that's like the best play that you can play right now of the day. Like this is one that I've already bet on, and I don't even need to know the starting pitching matchup uh the other ones a, a little up in the air i'd rather see who comes out projected uh who who gets listed as the pitcher on social media and stuff this one i wouldn't wait just jump on tc right now they're super hot they've won like 17 of the last 19 games um before we move on just download the sgpn app guys uh it's free we've got a ton of contests going all year round um there's Two going on for the MEA finals and the Stanley Cup finals. I don't know if you can enter them anymore because they uh, have already started here. But uh, there's a $100 SGPN gift card up for grabs for the winner of each of those contests. Um, download the SGPN app and enter today. It's free, and you can view college baseball picks on there from me, Colby, Mac, and the crew uh, for free. So you can do it on the SGPN app, or you can also do it at sportsgamingpodcast.com for free. It's in the MLB tab, the drop-down college baseball picks. Click on that. It's free. You can view all of my picks for all of these games today. Uh, Shout-out to Insano. Good morning to you. Uh, he's in the YouTube chat watching this thing live. Uh, we move on to 3 o'clock in Auburn, where Auburn's eliminated, but Penn is plus 165 on the money line against Southern Miss, who's minus 205. The Quakers are plus one and a half, plus 105. The Golden Eagles, minus one and a half, minus 135. Total is set at 12 and a half. The pitching situation for the Quakers goes like this. Friday, Ryan, Drumbo- uh, Ryan Drombrowski threw 100 pitches. Brian Zeldrin through 36, Eli Tropp, 22, Carson Osmer, 47. Saturday, Cole Zafiro through 99, Edward Sarti, 10, David Shoemaker, 10, 
And on Sunday, Owen Cody, 72, Tommy Delano, 41, Eli Trapp, 31, Thomas Shirtleff, 23, Will Tobin, 21. So I'm excluding Zafiro and Cody from consideration here on Monday, but Drombrowski could be uh, could make an appearance in desperation for the Quake show here. Uh, information about Penn Baseball, guys, very, very hard to find. Uh, but the Quakers, they do have one remaining pitcher with more than one start this season, um, and that's John Serwinski. He hasn't pitched since May 10th, so who knows? There could be an injury situation here. Um, however, uh, the Ivy League tournament's a little bit different the way that it's set up, and then it's two weekends long, and it's a weekend series of three games. So if you win both games back-to-back, you don't need to use your fourth starter. And that could have been the situation here with Serwinski. Uh, so he's my projected pitcher here. He's 3-0 and with a 4.44 ERA, 21 strikeouts, 13 walks in 24.1 innings with a 2.33 batting average against him. For the Golden Eagles, here's the pitch- pitching situation. Uh, Friday, Tanner Hall threw 123 pitches. Justin Storm, 9. Nico Maza, 18. Saturday, Billy Oldham through 81, Will Armstead through 69. Sunday, Matt Adams through 63, Crow Sively 63, Chandler Dawson 20, Maza 59, Storm 61. So there's a couple of guys that I'm ruling out here just because they've thrown too many pitches in the weekend for them to, you know, be relatively healthy and on good rest to even try to pitch at 100%. Here on Monday, and that's Adams, Maza, Storm, and Oldham. And then Tanner Hall at 123 pitches from Friday really shouldn't throw either. Um, However, it's the ace, and if he tells the coach, I'm good to go, I don't think the coach is really going to uh, keep him out of the game. That said, Luke Trayan is my projected starter for this game. He's a junior with only 11 innings pitched on the season. That's how far down I had to go to find a guy that could start this game. Uh, He has a 491 ERA in nine appearances with 10 strikeouts, six walks. I don't like the situation at all for either of these teams, but Southern Miss offense has been more uh, lively over the weekend compared to Penn's. So I like the Golden Eagles to win and I also would like the over 12 and a half here as well. Next game, 6 o'clock, Coastal Carolina against Duke. The Chanticleers are minus 130, minus 1.5 is plus 105, and the Blue Devils, they're plus 1.5, minus 135, plus 100 on the money line. The total is set at 16 and a half. All right, buckle up, because Coastal Carolina, we know about this pitching situation, but let's walk through it. Friday, Liam Doyle throws 99 pitches. Will Smith, 17. Darren Horn, 38. Colin Yablonski, 6. Bryce Schaefer, 33. Teddy Sharkey, 27. Then on Saturday, Riley Eikhoff threw a complete game, 98 pitches. Sunday, Jack Billings, 99. Davis Tyndall, 26. Jacob Morrison, 29. Schaefer, 72. And Sharkey, 33. Like I mentioned, the quality and the quantity is very low for the Chanticleers pitching staff. But in the postgame presser, head coach Gary Gilmore said that 
uh, Jacob Morrison. So he was the starter here uh, in the uh, in their what fourth game of the weekend. They pitched uh, they pitched Jacob Morrison to start the game against Duke. Morrison has Tommy John surgery scheduled for Tuesday. <laughs> I found that out in the post game press conference. You learn something new every day. Just wild, insane. Uh, and knowing that they pitched that guy, now I can't rule out anything. Like they could literally turn around and throw Doyle in the in the beginning of this game. They could start Doyle and throw him for another ninety nine. Who knows? Who knows what they're what Coastal Carolina is going to do? Because they're just desperate for innings from any pitcher. Um, and speaking of, I project that Matthew Potok could start for Coastal on Monday here. In the middle of the year, Potok was their Friday night guy, but I think he got hurt because he didn't throw for a month in between there, um, and he's only made one start in or one appearance in the last, uh, like, 60 days. Um, but it was just last week. Uh, I lost my spot on the page that I was reading from, but he, he last appeared on May 20th. Potok is 3-3 three and three with a 6.75 ERA. 49 strikeouts, 14 walks in 44 innings. I think Darren Horn will also play a huge role on the mound for this game uh, for Coastal Carolina. He threw 38 pitches on Friday, and he's been their most used reliever. Um, for Duke, the pitching scenario, Friday, Alex Gow threw 64 pitches, Charlie Belineson threw 36, Adam Boucher, 16, Aaron Beasley, 14, Saturday, Andrew Healy through 28, Owen Proche, 21, Boucher, 10, Belineson, 37, and Fran Oshel, the third, 38. Sunday, Jason White, 34, Aiden Weaver, 24, Beasley, 17, Proche, 32, Belineson, 20, Boucher, 23. As you can see, there was a lot of the same names there. I've said it all year. Duke is the Tampa Bay Rays of college baseball with their pitching staff. And I don't think you can rule anybody out because none of them have really thrown too many pitches this weekend. But at the same time, mostly all of their options, their top options have been taxed this weekend with at least 40 pitches. And I don't think that's a good thing against Coastal Carolina, who has a very potent offense. So I think Alex Gauss starts again. He threw on Friday, 64 pitches. That's not bad. Uh, so I think he'll start on uh, Monday. And, uh, of course, he's not going to go too long. I just think that Coastal's offense is inevitable, and I think it's going to carry them to a victory here. Um, just care, and just wait for pitching matchup before you play this because if it's not Potok and it's just a guy that's never pitched before for Coastal Carolina – it's a little bit of an issue. However, I, I think that the offense is the main player, and it's going to win Coastal Carolina this game. Two more games on our slate, 6 o'clock p.m. Indiana is plus 175 against Kentucky. He was minus 215. The Hoosiers are plus 2.5, minus 125. The Cats are minus 2.5, minus 105. Total set at 14.5. The Hoosiers pitching scenario here. Friday, their ace, Luke Sennard, threw 26 pitches and then got injured. So this staff has been through hell and back. Uh, Braden Reisdorf then relieved in 82 pitches. Ty Bothwell threw 48. 
Then on Saturday, Ryan Kraft threw 48. Craig Yoho, 64. Connie, Connor Foley threw 40. Then on Sunday, Ben Seller threw 34. Uh, Ethan Phillips, 42. Luke Hayden, 47. Cooper Hellman, 14. Adrian Vega, 49. I think it's all hands on deck for Indiana here. Nobody's ruled out. If Luke Sennard is healthy, logically he'd be the slam dunk starter, only throwing 26 pitches. Uh, it just depends on really how he's feeling. Um, I don't think they should push push it. I mean, he he left the last game injured. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, I, I don't think that he's going to appear. However, if he says he's healthy, that would be the starter here. So after that, it was tough trying to figure out who – Indiana would start last night for the regional final game. So think about how hard it was to pick a, a guy to start on Monday. Uh, I actually think that the Hoosiers will turn back to Ryan Kraft, who started on Saturday. He only threw 48 pitches. On the year, Kraft is 6-1 and one with a 249 ERA, 51 strikeouts, 22 walks in 61.1 innings. He has a 307 ERA in his last four starts. And he pitched four innings of one-run ball against Kentucky the first time around. Um, the Wildcats pitching scenario, pitching scenario here. Uh, I went to call it pitching situation and scenario there. Mix the two together. But anyways, the pitching scenario for the Wildcats. Friday, Travis Smith threw 76. Mason Moore, 50. Zach Lee, 106. And Darren Williams, 27. Uh, I think that was Saturday's total. Zach Lee, 106. Darren Williams, 27. Then on Sunday, Austin Strickland threw 100. Magdiel Cotto threw 26. James McCoy, 13. And then Logan Martin, 57. Evan Byers, 18. Ryan Hagenow, 77. So I'm crossing off Zach Lee, Austin Strickland, uh, and Hagenow for appearing in this game on Monday, but everybody else could throw in this winner go home game for Kentucky. I don't think that Travis Smith doubles up as a starter on two days rest from a 76 pitch outing on Friday, but he could appear in relief here. I think um, again, I have to say that Tyler Bosma may appear as well. I've projected him to start the last two days uh, and he is not, I haven't seen any injury info on Bosma. So I just have to believe that he hasn't pitched yet this weekend because he hasn't pitched good lately. He has an 8.53 ERA in his last six appearances. I like the over here in this game against some dwindled pitching staffs. And the Hoosiers, they're averaging 7.6 runs a game this weekend. And the Cats, 8.25. Uh, and they have 26 runs scored in their last two games. Kentucky does. So I like the over 14.5 as my favorite pick for this game. Last game of the day on our slate in the regional round, regional final night. We have a 9 o'clock p.m. start on the West Coast in a winner-go-home game, game seven of the Stanford Regional. Texas A&M is plus 100, plus 1.5, minus 140 there. Stanford, they're minus 130, minus 1.5, plus 110. Total set at 16. The Aggies pitching staff scenario here Friday, Will Johnston, will uh, he threw 43 pitches. Shane Zdow threw 59. Brad Rudis, 28. Ty Sexton, 22. Matt Dillard, 18. 
on Saturday. Justin Lampkin threw 43. Evan Ashenbeck threw 47. Braden Garcia threw 50. Dillard, 36. Troy Wansing, 8. Then on Sunday, Wansing started through 46 pitches. Chris Cortez threw uh, 77. Johnston threw 28. Josh Stewart threw 34. Carson Lambert, 14. In the postgame presser, Coach Schloss said that Wansing and Johnston will not appear in this Monday night game. I project that Nathan Detmer will start for uh, the Aggies here, even though that Schloss said in the postgame press conference, he was asked about Detmer, and he said that he was quite disgusted when he said it, but he just said we need Detmer to pitch like we know he can, uh, and he needs to improve on a couple of things. He listed off uh, a couple of things there, but, I mean, he, he didn't sound too thrilled about Nathan Detmer here, and that's probably the reason why. He's their fourth starter of the weekend right now. Uh, but this is the guy that was the dog for them last year. He put him, he put the team on his back throughout the NCAA tournament. Um, on the season, he's 1-3 with a 6.34 ERA, 57 strikeouts, 40 walks in 66.2 innings. He has a 6.99 ERA in his last five starts. And Stanford's pitching situation goes as this Friday, Quinn Matthews threw 114 pitches. Brant Panzer threw 27. Then Saturday, Joey Dixon, 115. Drew Dowd, 38. Torn O'Haran, 10. Max Meyer, 15. Sunday, Matt Scott threw 48. Nick Dugan, 42. Dowd, 16. Ryan Bruno, 35. Then Ty Uber started 26 pitches. Uh, Panzer threw 52. Brayden Montgomery through 34, and Dugan, 68. So I'm ruling out here Dixon, Panzer, and Dugan, but everybody else is in consideration to start this game other than Quinn Matthews, who would only possibly relieve after throwing 100, uh, 114 pitches on Friday. I project that Matt Scott will start. He threw 48 pitches in a start against Fullerton yesterday. Um, but, I mean, I think he's their best option to go with today. Uh, this all depends on this game, the handicap here, all depends on what Nathan Detmer does. Uh, really, he is the wild card. And I can't, like, I can't confidently answer that question because he has not pitched well lately with a 699 ERA. However, he was one of the best pitchers last year in the postseason. And I just think that he's going to step up when the lights are the brightest. Uh, when it's all on the line, game seven, win or go home, give me the guy that's the better starting pitcher here in Nathan Detmer and just hope that they piece it together behind him and the offense steps up and they score. They're going to need to score probably double digits to win this game because Stanford, as we saw yesterday, they didn't quit. Their offense just kept going. So AM on the money line is my pick. But again, I'm not betting that here uh, without knowing the pitchers. Money line Ed in the chat. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, the 11 people that are watching live right now at 7:36 a.m. Uh, but that that does it for the show. So uh, I'm I might work up the dock here because again, like I like I mentioned, I had wrote down all of these. Um, so I have to still type them out. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm probably going to go get breakfast um, and then think about it. So if, if they're not up by like nine o'clock uh, in the morning, 
it's just not going to get done. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but that's how it is. Check the college baseball picks page. I'll have all of these picks up there uh, for free. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash college baseball picks. It's the MLB tab drop down college baseball picks. Follow me on Twitter at 77NB. Follow the show on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Uh, SGPN has a ton of stuff available for you to listen to and uh, follow and with a, a ton of picks and bets on every sport that you can think of right now. Um, so shout out to all of them. Golf Gambling Pod- Podcast does great work. Cameron Kerr uh, is our producer and uh, graphics designer behind the scenes. He's an A&M grad. He's going to be pulling for the Aggies here. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that, that about does it, uh, for the show. So Cutter Ton, uh, is now in the chat. He goes, Longhorns want the Aggies bring on the Lone Star showdown. Um, now it's not for me to decide, but the two, two seeds, if they do meet in the super regionals, the fight between the fan bases is going to be hilariously fun to digest. (laughs) Um, if it was for me to decide, I'd probably give the host to Texas. I think they've had the better season so far. Uh, and I think they've got the better resume. Uh, Richard Sims goes, any other picks? Thanks. Uh, the one pick that I'm giving out, the one lock for today, is TCU on the money line plus 140. They're just in a much better situation than Arkansas is pitching-wise. And hitting, it doesn't look like they can be stopped right now. Uh, after, what, a 17-run performance yesterday, and they blew out Arkansas in the like second week of the season uh, this season too. So the two games that they've played against Arkansas, they haven't been no contests. TCU's blown them out twice. And for some reason, they're the underdog in this betting matchup. I like TCU again. And I, I, I think they win one of the two games today. If they lose the first game, I'd probably bet them again on the money line because they have three available starters that haven't pitched yet this weekend. Arkansas doesn't, they, they don't have any guys on full rest remaining that they would like to throw. So that's my viewpoint on that game, on that series. Um, so shout out to everybody jumping in. Our, our view count has grown in the last three minutes that I'm getting ready to end the show. So, yeah, just follow me on 77NB on Twitter. Uh, I'll be posting when teams announce their starting pitchers, and then I'll confirm it whether I'm betting it or not. But uh, right now, as of now, it's just TCU, and that'll do it for the show. Uh, adios amigos you've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience see you later on this week when we recap all of the action i I haven't recapped any action on the picks podcasts in the morning here because i just wanted to be quick quick listens for people to get their picks we'll recap uh i think either it's actually either going to be i don't think it's going to be tonight i think it'll be tomorrow so Expect it uh, in your inbox either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning for the recap show of the regionals. And soon after that, super regional picks. Uh, Adios, amigos.